Yo, today's QOD is people would rather be right in their relationships than loved. Here we go. Welcome back to the Quote of the Day show. I'm your host, Sean Croxton of SeanCroxton.com. It's Throwback Thursday, and we are turning back that clock all the way to episode number 61 in our featured speaker, Werner Erhard. I love Werner Erhard. You know, if I ever became a motivational speaker, I would speak just like Werner because he keeps it very real. You know, he's like... um, Dr. George Fraser. I love Dr. George Fraser because he just says the truth. And that's what Werner does here, where he's talking about our rackets and our need to be right and our need to be looking good. I, you know, Werner is the founder of EST. It was like a huge seminar series back in the 70s. And EST eventually became Landmark Form, right? Or Landmark Education. And I remember going to my first Landmark Education uh, Form is what it's called. It's called Form, F-O-R-U-M. And um, I remember the lady comes up to me and I hadn't really been doing any contributing to the seminar because people go up and they talk. And I remember the um, facilitator, she's like, there you are, Sean over there trying to look good. She's like, I see you. You just want to look good, huh? And she was right. She was very right. I didn't want to talk about my vulnerabilities. I didn't want to talk about my my doubts or anything like that because I was so obsessed with always looking good. And that obsession about looking good, it, was, it, it is not unique to me. A lot of us have it. Most of us have it. And it is literally ruining our lives. It is keeping us from reaching our potential or even moving toward that potential because we want to look good, we want to be right, and we are running our rackets all day. So you can learn more about this as well as how running those rackets and trying to be right is keeping you from being all of you in your relationships and your work. Werner Earhart, he's coming up. I will bet that... Every complaint in your life really represents a racket, that you have that about which you are complaining in your life because it somehow makes you right. You watch the way people use their illnesses. You watch the complaints that people have about their work, about their jobs. Most people's complaints about their work, about their jobs are a way or a racket which enables them to avoid the domination of their job like an opportunity. See, if your job showed up like an opportunity, like the possibility of making a difference, like the possibility of making a contribution, if your job showed up like a space of freedom in which to express everything that you had, everything that you were, then you'd have to be responsible for the opportunity your job is. But as long as you can say they and it and the boss, and the circumstances of your job, and they don't listen, I say that that's a racket. And I'm inviting you to take a look at your, at your complaints like a racket. 
The complaints about our work, for the most part, help us to avoid the domination, help us to avoid the responsibility of the opportunity, which our work is. You know, I know in your relationship, you're saving something. You don't give everything you got. You're saving a little bit. Because someday, the guy's going to come on the white horse. And when the guy comes on the white horse, then you're going to give everything. But not to him. <laughs> or not to her. No, they don't understand you. They don't fill in your own complaint. <laughs> but I say that that lets you off the hook. That helps you to avoid the domination of the responsibility of holding your relationship as an opportunity to express yourself fully and totally. See, if only she fill in the blank, that's your racket. And when we get authentic about the kind of beings we are, we, the kind of beings that we see ourselves to be when we want to be authentic about it, is a racketeer. And the racket is whatever it is you're complaining about. You're too old. Being old's a racket. I had the privilege of a very close relationship with a man who was 84 when I was working with him. Bucky Fuller was anything but an old man at 84. Yes, he had certain constraints that his body's age put on his actions, but they did not show up like a racket for Bucky. They didn't keep him from being fully and totally and absolutely alive. So I'm inviting you to stand in the possibility that if you want to be authentic about yourself and take an honest look, what you're going to see is a racketeer. And that's what life's about. The being of human beings leaves human beings as racketeers. We've got this racket. And like all racketeers, we expect the payoff from the racket. The racket, the payoff is we get to be right. Your racket lets you be right. Or it allows you to make somebody wrong. Lots of people in their 60s are still making their parents wrong. Still making their upbringing wrong. People would rather be right in their relationships than love. You know what he did? Whatever he did is more important than love. You stand in that possibility. Now, I know it's not your relationship we're talking about, but you stand, <laughs> you stand in that possibility and look at the relationships of your friends. And you see, looking out from the possibility that you would exchange being right about what he did or she did, you would exchange that for love, or they would, your friends. Life is a racket, and you and I are racketeers. And if you can get beyond the horror of that, to just be with the is of it, I say that there's power in that. And you have to see whether what I say turns out to be so. I'm talking about the possibility that accepting your own deep, profound inauthenticity, accepting that your life is being used by it, I'm saying that accepting that, not like the truth, not like something you believe, but accepting it as a possibility, in which you are willing to stand and look out 
at your everyday being in the world and your engagement with your everyday concerns, I'm saying that the acceptance of that inauthenticity will lead to a breaking up of the, of the resignation which you are. The resignation of the environment of being into which you wake up when you wake up in the morning. The day by day in this petty pace about which Shakespeare spoke, not like a set of circumstances, because I know you've got a lot of titillating circumstances in your life, but like a mood out of which one lives. I know how to put on the good face. I know how to look good, and I know you know how to look good. And television and most of what we consider to be public is about looking good. And if you look out from the possibility that your life is about looking good, you're going to see that a hell of a lot of what you're up to is about looking good. You don't mean it. And sometimes you know you don't mean it. You don't even believe in the things you believe in, and sometimes you know you don't believe in them. But you keep looking good about it. You're afraid to express your own doubts for fear of not looking good. And again, while I don't profess to be telling the truth, I'm not a guy in a diner. So I'm inviting you to look out from the possibility that you are a racketeer, that your relationships, that your work, your job, the things in your life are really about getting these payoffs. And the best place to look is those things about which you're complaining in life. I don't like. I don't want. You see, you and I are willing to sacrifice the quality of our life for these payoffs. Like I said, in our relationships, we're willing to sacrifice love. I mean, real the real presence of love. Like, maybe you can remember, we're willing to sacrifice that for being right and making the other person wrong. We're willing to sacrifice that to dominate the other person, to manipulate them, to get them to be the way we want them to be and to avoid any manipulation or domination from them. We're willing to sacrifice love in order to win, to avoid loss. We're willing to sacrifice love in order to justify ourselves. If any inkling of an opening for generosity shows up in the relationship, we close it down very quickly in order to keep ourselves justified in the position that we're in. We're willing to give up, to sacrifice, our own self-expression. See, on your tombstone, they're going to what they're going to put on your tombstone when you die. Something was left, and we don't know what it is or was. See, they ain't going to put on your tombstone used up, because you ain't going to get used up. No, you're going to save it till Prince Charming comes. Then you're going to give it, but not now, not here, not for this. Not for what you got. Most people are going to go to their grave with the sense that there was something in them that never got expressed. That there was something there, something of real value, something that could make a difference, something that could have been a contribution, that just never got expressed. And most of us are going to go to our grave like that. Because, you see, we're willing to sacrifice being used I don't mean being used like I was speaking about before. I mean being used by, by being used, I mean using ourselves. Most of us are willing to sacrifice our own full self-expression for the avoidance of responsibility, to avoid the domination, 
of taking on life like an opportunity. Most people are happy to give up their happiness. People don't have any problem sacrificing their happiness, not as long as they can be right. See, I say any place in your life where you are unhappy, I'll bet that right there you're being right or making somebody or something else wrong. You've exchanged your own happiness for being right or making somebody or something else wrong. Okay. That was Werner Earhart. His website is WernerEarhart.com. You can check out today's entire talk on YouTube. It is called The Heart of the Matter. All right, my friend, hope you enjoyed today's Throwback Thursday clip. I will see you tomorrow with Mr. Dave Ramsey for our Finance Friday episode. I'm out. Peace. Peace.